You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many others. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us. Join the conversation by leaving your comments where you can. Or you can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram. You can also follow The New Prisoner Number 6 on Gab or under at New Prisoner and The Number 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email The New Prisoner Number 6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. Now let's get on with the show. The world is witnessing a government waging war against its own people to protect them. To protect them from something created by government, which was also designed to protect them, according to Major Joseph Murphy. But that's a story we've already covered here on the New Prisoners podcast. Where we stand today... The government's protections haven't worked, and the people are justifiably angry. So what do you do if you are a tyrannical despot, afraid of failing your overlords, or succumbing to the will or the wrath of the people you have kept down for two years? Easy. You step on them harder. Steal their money, their food, their gasoline, threaten their jobs, their children, and even their pets. And when, or if, there's anyone left to oppose you in the face of those threats, you send out a bunch of nameless and faceless goons to do what you wish you could do with more impunity than what is already granted to you. You beat them, tear gas them, trample them, and murder them. You do it if you are someone like Justin Trudeau, because you have already sold yourself and your country to villains like Klaus Schwab. Trudeau is one of Schwab's World Economic Forum Young Global Leaders. He's also a corrupt scumbag who interferes with investigations into his business partners, Lavalin, for supplying prostitutes to people like the son of Muammar Gaddafi. Trudeau claimed it was to stand up for Canadian jobs. This from a man who's looking to take jobs away from the unjabbed or even those defending the rights of everyone. By canceling their insurance, stripping them of their licenses, and jailing them so they can't work to feed their families. Only in the cruel world brought about by the Great Reset does this kind of future for humanity make sense. Where if you claim to have the right to your own body, 
that you are marked by your government, stripped of all that you own, and imprisoned. Not all is lost. As I stated in the beginning, the world is watching. They are seeing other developed Western nations drop all of their restrictions. What we might be seeing is one last desperate attempt by Trudeau, who may have never been able to acknowledge his real father, but certainly emulates Fidel Castro in his willingness to oppress the innocent with arbitrary laws, threats, and violence. So what now for the rest of us in the liberty movement? I say now is the time to push harder. Everywhere. Anywhere the authoritarians seek to lay claim to our environment, our social lives, and our government. Oppose them, no matter what form they may take. Corrupt district attorneys to corrupt members of parliament, from woke trading cards to movies to anything related to COVID, or even AIDS research these days. Let's show the world the good in us all. Show a steady and solid line made up of as much peace and love as it is righteous indignation. We will tell these bastards no together. Maybe even while linking arms and chanting freedom. I think it's time that we get prepared. Stock up on what you need to survive boycotts, walkouts, a general strike, and mass demonstrations. The weather is getting warmer. Their narrative is melting. Let's throw a hot bucket of civil disobedience on these wicked witches like Christia Freeland and get back to our simple lives on the farm. But not till we ensure that the kind of power the government seized can never be used against the people again. We cannot turn a blind eye to those we elect to govern us no longer. These people are not our representatives anymore. They represent people like Klaus Schwab and George Soros. Some have even sold themselves to the CCP, sold our information, technology, or at least slept with them like Eric Swalwell. And he's still on the House Intelligence Committee, folks. But not only can we no longer enable authoritarians to rule over us in government, we must not ignore what the banks and corporations have done to us over the past few years. How wrong they were in following mindlessly along with the supposed health experts. Standing on stupid X's on the floor or getting yelled at by the morbidly obese cashier at the store that's been robbed at gunpoint a bunch of times to wear a mask for health and safety. Let's just stop complying with the insanity. The insanity that these people know how to govern us, protect us, 
and preserve our freedoms. That's our job in a world with liberty for all. We may delegate certain tasks to representatives, but those representatives can never aggress upon us the way the Canadian government and the U.S. one have. There's a new convoy coming to D.C., but the war won't end there. However, in the face of danger, and while showing great bravery in opposing our horrible regime under the criminal vaccine pimp Joe Biden, we must remember the sacrifice and the peaceful tactics of our brothers and sisters of the great north. Much love to you all. Stay safe up there. Okay. I'm number six. This is the new prisoners. And I'm here with John Henry. And uh, this week, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on in our crazy world. And um, I tried to set aside enough information for our main topic because I definitely am just chomping at the bit to get to this main topic but there's so many other things that John Henry and I want to get off of our chest so uh, let's just roll right into it John Henry um, let's say hi to the people for this week and let's start uh, let's start getting into these topics hello everyone welcome back to the show tonight's topics will have things such as what is going on with the infrastructure of the camera systems in prison is it okay to have a horse stomp on your neck? And more. Welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, we are in like the... Okay, so just to, to go off of the first one that you talked about. Jean-Luc Brunel. Oh, we hardly knew ye. And now you're fucking dead, you pedo motherfucker. I am so happy to dance on the graves of these and fucking people. Another one's gone. Another one's gone. Another one bites the dust. Ooh, very catchy. Got him. Yes. But, got him. Um, yeah. Cameras they, weren't working. Just so happens somehow. to die from suicide. There were some air quotes on there for you folks in a French prison. Uh, so how did Ghislaine not get that fate? Which is shocking. Um, now, what's not shocking is. I haven't seen anything about this in fucking any news anywhere, except for the normal fringe conspiracy theory, crazy people news like you folks out there like to take a look at. You know, the one that typically ends up being 100% factual information and true. Uh, Hunter's laptop, Russian yep. collusion, so uh, the Biden's relationship with Ukraine. Ooh, that's a spicy topic this week. Uh, the New World Order, social credit systems, things such as Black Lives Matter burning cities down can be funded. But if you are a peace-loving Canadian and simply want body autonomy and freedom, they're going to take all your fucking money and freeze your assets. Yeah. Yep, that's where we're at. Welcome to the motherfucking Matrix, everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, we're there. We are we're there. there. I mean... Uh, the fact that, that there's no coverage for something like that in the mainstream media, like we say it all the time that we shouldn't be shocked anymore. You know, that, that the, the depths of what these people would go to, the, the fact that Project Veritas, whom we'll talk about in a little bit here, um, back, back a few months ago when they had the whistleblower on about, uh, what is it, Amy Rarbach uh, for, for not reporting on the Epstein case. Jeez, that was more yeah. than a few months ago. Time flies when you're, uh, when you're a prisoner, folks. 
Uh, but you know the the, the thing <laughs> just oh, keeps fucking carving the dashes into the wall here, yes, everybody. Yes, I mean, and really, like I would not not that the, the, getting back to the Brunel thing though, but like the fact that ABC covered up like the biggest scandal involving you know possibly many um, intelligence agencies and world famous actors and world very influential politicians that they'll cover all of that up um, just so they can cover like a Royal wedding or something like that. The fact that they could just roll over this. um, I mean, it really just shows you that Brunel wasn't a big player, you know, but he was, he was a a, a player in this scheme and they finally nailed him. Um, And it just shows you too, how scummy, the modeling world is like just how the, the trade of human you know, beings and, and like and that we've talked is. before about people like Naomi Campbell. Um, who was the guy from Victoria's secret that was also, he would groom the girls and recruit for Epstein. Oh, geez. Oh, so he was, wasn't he the one that also gave him his mansion too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's, yeah. let's yeah. look this fucker. I mean, but think about this, right? So like you would go, wow, this is fucking outlandish, giant, unbelievably awful fucking pedophilia, child rape ring. How is this not on the news? Well, Alec Baldwin shot and murdered somebody. And what's on the news is him with 3D imaging and, and video of how it happened. and wasn't his fault. Like, and, and the fucking, you know, lemurs look at that and go, oh, yeah, that's a, oh, oh, poor, poor Alec Baldwin for accidentally having something go wrong. One meanwhile, the set had been cited and this isn't about Alec Baldwin, but that's just an example, right? Like if you take two minutes to research that, you'll realize that they'd been cited like 17 times on that set of rust for unsafe practices with firearms, right? And that is no big deal. He shot and fucking murdered somebody. They made him look like the victim. And that's our news. So the fact that you have somebody that was complicit in the whole entire Epstein child fucking sex ring and he magically died. Oh, I don't know. The same exact way as fucking Epstein guys. Same way. Cameras weren't working at the time. Suicide in his jail cell. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like it's it's total insanity. And again, it's like nothing is real anymore. Nothing is true. Just like them calling the fucking Canadians in Ottawa violent protesters. No, they're not. They're peace-loving people. Watch a video. They're singing, dancing, had bouncy houses there, right? When Black Lives Matter protests were burning down billions of dollars worth of businesses across the fucking country and in Canada, right? Billions of dollars in destruction, And they were still able to be crowdfunded. And they all wanted to talk about how these people had their First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. Literally, they're talking about it. I remember the guy saying this is a mostly peaceful protest while buildings are engulfed in flames behind him. Yet you have these people there that nothing violent has happened. Not a window has been broken. There's been nobody hurt or injured until the fucking Gestapo rolled in. That's when people became injured and hurt. And thank God the woman that got her fucking neck trampled by the horse, you know, is not dead. Thank God for that. That's how misconstrued this shit is. That's how fucking broken our information sources are, is that they celebrate like just violence and murder and rape and assault, which is what happened during the Black Lives Matter protests. 
businesses being fucking destroyed, people's lives being destroyed, and where these people just want to stand up for the right to not have an experimental fucking drug put into their body, they're now taking their money, freezing their assets, freezing their bank accounts, and canceling their fucking insurance. This is full-on authoritarian rule. It's fucking Hitler, guys. And the problem is, the biggest problem is because you have a couple of the leaders throughout Canada that got smart and said, we're going to stand with the people and drop all mandates. There's multiple provinces that did that. But no, you have little fucking Hitler over here doing these horrific things to these poor fucking people that just want freedom and the right to, you know, to be in Quebec and be able to go to a supermarket without a vaccination. Because guys in Quebec, you have to be vaccinated to even go buy fucking groceries. I mean, it is absolutely horrific what's being done. And, and shame on these people. I mean, this is a full-blown fucking dictatorship. And now you're taking people's money and freezing their assets in the dead of winter? Or now they can't buy food or pay their fucking their bill to heat their home? This is bad stuff, man. This is really fucking bad. Really bad. But what do we see in mainstream media? Same thing as January 6th. I'm so sick of hearing fucking January 6th. I'm so sick of it. Because they all keep going back to it over and over the insurrection and insurrection. And they liken what's happening in Canada to January 6th, which January 6th was completely orchestrated by fucking feds and Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. So when is enough enough? When are you going to fucking burn your TV and just go, this is, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. It's absolute bullshit and it's full-blown fucking propaganda. 100% propaganda. There's no difference in us living in North Korea and having the state newspaper in the state TV channel that tells us that Kim Jong is actually Jesus Christ. Because that's what the fuck they think over there. What's the difference here? I mean, it is, it is total insanity. And the whole entire world should stand on their fucking tippy toes and look over the fence at Canada and go, wow, this is really fucking wrong. We should stand together, not as Canadians, not as United States citizens, but as fucking humans right now. That's what we need to stand together as, humans. And now, when old fucking puddin' pants Biden, which we got a lot to talk about with this idiot this fucking week, right? When you look at it, would you be surprised if he starts to now make an effort to freeze assets of United States citizens that donated to those funds? Because I sure as hell wouldn't be. You know, it's a full-blown attack on crypto. You have these crypto companies that don't even hold crypto wallets. They're just basically platforms that people do currency exchange. They're even coming after these organizations where now they have to stand up to the Canadian government and go, we don't hold crypto wallets. Why the fuck are you shutting our business down? Because they can't regulate that. They can regulate your money in your bank account. They can freeze these people's fucking assets at the Bank of Canada or whatever the hell it's called up there. Right. The Canuckery fucking <laughs> the Canuckery bank exchange. Mm. But it, realistically, this is just all wrong. And if you don't think that that can happen here in your town, in your neighborhood, in your home, in your state, in your city, you're out of your mind. Because right now what you're seeing is everybody else learning whether or not this works. It's like Hong Kong. Right. The Hong Kong protests. Number six and I were chatting about this a little bit before we started the show. Well, the Hong Kong protests were happening for a year, a year. Then the pandemic takes place. Ironic, it starts in China. And next thing you know, these people being in the streets fighting for freedom for an entire year is completely gone. No, it doesn't exist anymore. 
And I haven't seen any resurgence of that. Well, why is that? What could have potentially happened? Well, I have a couple ideas. I'm not really going to get into that because that's some wild shit. And I promise you don't even want to hear that stuff. Um, but that's, that's the issue right now. I mean, the biggest issue is, is just you look and see what's happening there. The people that are peaceful, that are just, right? That are fighting for their beliefs, whether it's religious or just from a physical standpoint. And it's just, it's an absolute shame. So pay attention to this stuff, guys. I was talking to somebody at work today and I'm like, well, you know what's happening with, with Canada, right? And his response was, no. Like, you don't know what's happening in Ottawa. You don't know what's happening with the protests and the truckers. He goes, no, what is it? Well, we're three weeks into this at this point. Yeah. How in the hell does he not know? Well, very simple. Because it's one thing for them to not show it because they don't want people to get ignited into going, hey, this is an effective thing and we should probably protest. But the reason you don't see that is because if they show you the beginning of the protest, they have to show you the end of the protest, which is these fucking people. And, and you know, here's my point to all this. And I apologize for going off on a little bit of a tangent, but this has had me on fire is fuck you, Canadian police. Fuck you. Those of you that are standing there and we're just taking orders. Or so were the people that worked for fucking Adolf Hitler. They were just taking orders. And next thing you know, they're in concentration camps pulling the fucking switch to gas people in a shower. Just following orders. That's all we're doing. That's not your oath. You swore to protect and serve. Not viciously assault. That's two very different fucking things. And it's so ironic when you look at the explosion of the false racism that we were all victim of, right? Every single person was either if you're white or, or to any color of the like, you're a fucking racist. And if you're anything else, well, then you're 100% a victim, right? And you see that whole thing was sparked because of police brutality. So you had the left attacking police and defund the police and abolish the police. And now they're using them as their fucking, their enforcers in Canada, and we and the left applauds that and the left says this is okay yeah no man it has to happen these people are stifling the city they're stopping th people from having the ability to make a living well guess what the fuck else did this whole entire fucking scandemic that we've been living through through the past two years and it was perpetuated by the same people saying no the people on the streets they're hurting our economy are you fucking high on fucking crystal meth because that's the only way I can rationalize you looking through that and saying this is a reasonable fucking thing. There's nothing reasonable about what's going on. Nothing in Canada. And, and, and I pray every day for those Canadian citizens that are standing together peacefully, mind you. Not burning, not vandalizing, not looting, not robbing, not assaulting, not murdering, not raping, but just simply standing together for freedom. People of all races and all religions and all creeds and agreements that I don't want to be told what I have to do with my body, which they are entitled to that. You were not ruled by man, we're ruled by our maker, and that is God. Not Justin fucking Trudeau, not Castro's son. It's absolutely ridiculous. So there's my fiery fucking rant to start off the show because I'm pissed about it and I'm sick of seeing it. And I can't stand watching these poor people be fucking beaten. And what should happen, what should happen is every Canadian citizen should come out of their house and stand together. Every single one of them. Put them on their fucking heels. Not with violence. Never with violence. But just with strength in numbers. Let the people speak. 
Politicians work for us, period. We don't work for them. They're not our supreme rulers. And they're elected officials. For the most part, unless you're Putin, then you just reelect yourself forever and have no term limits. Talk about that guy today, too. Yeah. So back to you, number six, on a positive note. (laughs) Well, there's so much to talk about there, of course. But um, just to get back to uh, where we diverged a little bit, um, when you were talking earlier uh, about the Epstein and um, the the latest victim, if you will, the, the, the Clinton assassination <laughs> of uh, Mr. Brunel. Um, oh, yeah. Clinton body count goes up one more this weekend. Yes. Um, the interconnectivity that we talk about all the time of these groups, the, the people that we uh, talk about in the satanic pedophilia rings seem to be the same type of people that are behind the uh, COVID uh, narrative. Well, we've talked a little bit in our past, John Henry, about this certain organization. I don't know if you remember them. Um, Goldman Sachs. Um, they're slightly I'm not, slightly I'm not familiar. Is, yeah. that a, is that a jewelry store? Do yeah, they some, put gold in? So I, I don't think I'm familiar with that organization. They deal with is money. Is that like Zales? Yeah, kind of like that. Just like okay, a, okay. A, a Zales that just controls our economy, sort of. Yeah, kind of oh. like that. Yeah. Um, well, that's I, concerning. <laughs> I was, I was, I was just searching for the name that, that you were trying to come up with, which is, um, Leslie Wexner. Uh, so we have, we have the Leslie Wexner. Yeah. Lex Wexner. Wexner. Yeah. Wexner. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the fucking scumbag. Yeah. He was the one that gave, um, the, uh, historic Herbert N. Strauss house, uh, to Mr. Epstein. It was actually in New York part city, of, right? Yeah. In that New was York in New York city. city. Yeah. And Epstein, multi-million dollar home. Oh yeah, Epstein moved into it. Uh, this is according to uh, Wikipedia, which I rarely use, but just on the fly here. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein moved into the house in '96, it says, and which time he claimed to own it, although its registered ownership changed in 2011 from a trust connected to both Wexner and Epstein to a trust controlled by Epstein. So, um, yeah. That's where the uh, Clinton painting was. Mm -hmm. It was the Nat House. Oh, yeah. The Clinton in the uh, Lewinsky dress. Yeah. I wonder wonder who else is all part of that trust and who Mm -hmm. else gets to be a part of these. Who else provides these uh, wonderful trusts to people like Wexner and Epstein and Fauci and all the, you know, all these people that have these wonderful trusts because um, former Goldman Sachs exec is mystery buyer of $51 million Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> mansion, boosting the victim fund. And this is from March 6th, 16th of last year, John Henry. I just came across this random article while searching for that information and had to pop on that. This is from CNBC. I'm going to include that in this week's source list, too. But it says, yeah, former Goldman Sachs executive Michael Daffy uh, has bought a New York City mansion for $51 million from the estate of convicted sex criminal Jeffrey Epstein. Um, It goes on to say that the sale of the 28,000 square foot Manhattan townhouse, 28,000 square foot Manhattan townhouse. Man, that's some real estate. Just a little place. Yeah, just a little place. Uh, generated income for Epstein's estate, jumpstarting a fund set up to pay self-identified victims of the mysterious money manager who is accused of sexually abusing uh, dozens of underage girls. So, I, is it? I, I mean, 
the the, the kind of houses like the Amityville Horror House, <laughs> you know, and in the other ones out there on the market where people have been slain and all kinds of evil shit has occurred. Um, those do go up for sale, John Henry, but it's not yeah, so always you the, you know, um, a fifty-one million dollar sale Ramsey to a Goldman Sachs in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, right. And that house was way undervalued and for sale for a long time because people didn't want to buy that real estate. They didn't want to be attached. Everybody knew there that it was the John Bonet Ramsey house, but uh. I mean, maybe he got a really good deal. What was it? 51 million? Well, it also says that the fund had halted compensation offers to victims' payouts before the purchase because the estate was low on cash. <laughs> but the payments resumed on the heels of the sale on the seven floor, 40 room Upper East Side residence last week, according mm. to the article. So, makes sense. Isn't that funny how? These funds are funded by all these criminal organizations. So do you think he had to have a real estate agent do a tour? Or do you think maybe he'd been there before? Oh, allegedly, it it says it actually does address that um, in the article. It says uh, former high ranking Goldman Sachs executive Michael Daffy. Uh, Maybe we should look more into this guy because. Wow, that's kind of creepy that you're buying this place of all places, even though it is a, it is a bit of a gem when it comes to real estate, right? But the association is one thing, but the fact that he's willing to pay into this fund for the victims too, doesn't it seem like it's kind of like Goldman Sachs hush money little guilt. funneled into a, a little hush thing? money, a little oh. bit of guilt? Oh yeah, absolutely. Or the other players uh, associated with Goldman Sachs, like namely, uh, you know, basically everybody in government and the intelligence agencies. I mean, there's. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people that are, you know, really important uh, that are connected to Goldman Sachs. Because, I mean, if you look at the past couple of presidential administrations and shit, um, all of the cabinet people that they bring over, all the people that run the Fed, um, they're pretty much all former Goldman Sachs people. Hold on. I, I just saw that he was going to spiritually and physically make over that that home. Oh, yes, I'm sure he is. Was and that he, makes me feel better. It, is he going to have uh, Whoopi Goldberg like show up and do like a seance of some sorts, you know, for, uh, you know, to get rid of all the bad spirits of all the of the white supremacy that existed there before him? Who knows? This is it's so insane. It's so insane. Fifty one million dollars for this fucking place that this creep lived in that he got from another creep and then probably is getting passed to another creep. Although the good news is, is that while I'm on CNBC's, you know, wonderful little website here, the number one trending story, Bill Gates says COVID risks have dramatically reduced, but another pandemic is coming. Well, he said in the first place, there was a pandemic coming. Yeah. Wow. So crazy. He was right, man. He must be clairvoyant. Yeah. So what are we doing? Making some uh, adjustments to the genome sequence of this shit or? Oh, yeah. Who even didn't knows? work good enough? Who even fucking knows anymore? John Henry. That's that's the crazy <laughs> thing about all this. I mean, uh, where we're at with the COVID narrative in general. Um, geez, we've come so far. Uh, <laughs> it, it started off with us believing that. um this was, well, n- not us believing, of course, but, you know, the general public being told that this all came from a wet market 
kind of similar to how we were told that HIV came from somebody having sex with a monkey. And uh, it's funny because uh, I included in this week's source list a video that kind of talks about that. And I just recently rewatched a great documentary series that was put out a few years ago by Adam Curtis. And it's called All Watched Over by Machines of Love and Grace. And in that documentary, uh, he focuses on a doctor for a little period of time, a very influential Nobel Prize winning doctor um, at that. And this doctor goes to Africa in order to um, investigate the origin story of AIDS. He was there to rather prove or disprove the story that AIDS had originated there. And he was collecting monkey poop to, uh, to, to prove this or chimpanzee poop or something like that. Okay. Now he gets malaria while he's there or like some kind of like brutal, uh, virus. And he refuses to take, uh, the medicine that they offer him, uh, the injections, uh, and everything else. He doesn't want to take malaria drugs. So he took, he took an aspirin and, uh, the aspirin lodged in his gut and he fucking died. <laughs> now that's what we're told, right? Uh, but the uh, the mystery, uh, at least Curtis claims in the uh, in the documentary, was basically debunked. So hold on, hold on. Yeah. Did the malaria kill him or the aspirin? The aspirin got lodged in his gut, um, and his it it created a hemorrhage, and he bleeds out in the jungle. That's how he dies. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I heard of that happening a, a whole, a whole bunch. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and Curtis, I mean, to his credit, I mean, Curtis gives a lot of credence to a lot of different theories, but, um, in this one, he sort of brushed it off by saying that, you know, the, the whole monkey virus poop thing has all been disproven now. And, um, it, it wasn't from that, but he doesn't really explain in the documentary what the actual origin story of HIV was. So there has been a lot of talk about this this past week. And we did um, a clip uh, last week that I released too uh, for our video platforms and um, about the uh, Moderna HIV mRNA shots that are being worked on currently. And the reason why I did that, because like there are so many channels that I follow that recently have been talking about um, the shots giving people HIV or the origin of the virus itself being from HIV. And then a lot of talk, of course, about the origin story then of HIV too, um, has been discussed. And it's so, I mean, for me to, to, to look back now with what I know about what these people are fucking capable of in government. Um, the type of people that we report on each week here, John Henry, um, nothing shocks me anymore whenever it comes to this stuff. So I'm open. I'm open to all interpretations of how HIV came about. But that really wasn't our, our focus. Our focus was mainly the fact that uh, Moderna was moving into a new battleground, a new field where they could hide a little bit, where they're not going to be uh, faced with people marching and linking arms and singing, oh, Canada. Uh, they're going to be just moving into another area uh, where all of the money that flows through these NGOs, like the World Economic Forum, and also governments um, into fighting the AIDS crisis, because there's always a crisis for these people to put their funding into. 
Um, there is no crisis that they won't exploit or take advantage of, whether it be the climate crisis or the crisis at the border or whatever. Um, they're just going to keep taking advantage of these sort of things and causing them and causing these fucking problems. But yeah, it, to me, it was like, if you're going to take a shot that never really worked um, in the first place, if not created more damage than it should have, um, then moving that over into uh, AIDS patients doesn't really seem like a great venture, but you know. Uh, go right ahead there. How's that, Mr. That, that Moderna stock doing though? I heard that shit's just plummeting. So of course it is because they're going to stop manufacturing it because they won't put it in kids. It's all about the midterms. Yeah. So now you see liberal leaders starting to turn direction on, um, you know, on, on all of their mandates and restrictions and masking and fucking shots and boosters and all the bullshit because they understand that any polling that takes place, even on liberal platforms, says that they're fucking dying on the vine because people are sick of all of it. So you see everything starting to tank. So they're not doing as much production with the vaccinations. They're not going to continue to push it for children, which thank God for that. But, um, you know, it wasn't the suicides or the loss of homes or careers or jobs or people's uh, severe damage to their mental health because of being locked in their fucking house and divorces and domestic violence and child molestation. No, 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 guys. It wasn't any of that. Oh, by the way, also all the people that died. Wasn't that either. Wasn't that either. Wasn't all the people on the ventilators that are now no longer with us and their families couldn't see them before they died and couldn't have a fucking funeral for them. What it is, is they've realized that the uh, they're doomed for the midterm elections. And we are currently up to 30 Democrats that will not be seeking re-election. We hit, round, we hit that number 30 this week. Um, so now all of a sudden we're starting to change our tune just a little bit, aren't we? I put nothing past these people, to your point, nothing past these people. You know, I was reading an article, you talk about the HIV thing, um, Australia, a university in Australia, you know, they, uh, all their program got shut down because apparently they were using some type of binder from AIDS to bind to cells and a tremendous amount of people in Australia tested positive for HIV. Yep. Now they're saying it's a false positive, and I pray to the Lord that that is true. But then you think about how much did all of this have to do with big pharma? Well, everything. Big pharma, money, and control. That's what this whole entire thing was about. Well, what is one way that if people are over vaccines and over boosters that you can make sure that a tremendous amount of the population is dependent on big pharma? I think, uh, can you see where I'm going here? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Well, there was more talk this week. Like I listened to um, Ryan Christian, the last American Vagabond, and his last episode, he talked a lot about the HIV thing. And uh, he he had mentioned all of that. Plus, he went into, um, you know, some of the origin stuff. But he, he really did talk about uh, the antibody, uh, like the VADs, basically. The uh, vaccine-induced uh, AIDS uh, type of syndromes, you know, where you have uh, an immunodeficiency spring up after these experimental vaccines, and he mentioned um, one of the vaccines that was given to house cats, and uh, how what it did to the the cat's immune system. That these house cats were given, I, I guess they were given a coronavirus vaccine or something like that, um, but you know. Through giving them this vaccine, 
Um, they actually developed um, antibody dependent enhancement or just like a, a version of of just where this type of dependency on um, on this to keep up their immune system that basically destroyed their immune systems. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be AIDS, but if you're looking at like the, the, the whole discussion here is kind of interesting because when we were first told, and, and Ryan Christian brought this up too, when we were first told of the origin of this virus, um, and then also these, these shots that we were told that these people were given, um, an isolated form of the virus and they weren't. Um, so the people that constructed what you know as the COVID-19 vaccines uh, were given a basically a blueprint um, by a computer model from China. They weren't given the actual virus to verify anything. They were given like a schematic that had the, what was supposed to be the virus from one of the biggest lying scumbag fucking criminal human rights abusing countries, governments in the entire fucking history of the planet. So that makes me feel pretty confident in it, you know, that they gave us the right stuff to build our vaccines on since they gave us all the instructions on how to do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, they're just flying away with those. Um, we're, we're up to the point now where Fauci's out there talking about a fourth booster. And this is after uh, Project Veritas comes out with a couple of videos this past week, John Henry, of people from the FDA saying that, yeah, this is going to be an annual thing now. This is part of the plan. And it's all part of a money-making scheme. Well, shit. Who's ever said that before? It's kind of like there's a bunch of assholes online you know, talking about this stuff. That all these big companies, all these major big tech companies are trying to shut down. And like we were talking about before, we were off air, uh, John Henry, it doesn't matter if you're on Instagram or anything owned by Meta anymore, or if you're posting something that's true on Twitter, like the Hunter Biden laptop that you had mentioned there earlier in this episode, um, it doesn't matter if it's true, they'll fucking ban it anyway. So all the shit that we've been saying, that's been true for the past two years or so um has all all come to light and then all of a sudden we get Fauci out there saying yes this is going to be an annual money-making scheme that we're doing to you and um if the government's not going to institute it then the companies will and then all these people that are out there still claiming the my private company line um don't please don't attach that to libertarianism anymore Please, please only attach that to corporatism because that's what the fuck it is. Like, I'm tired of anyone defending it, that it's okay to censor people because they're a private company, that it's okay uh, to, to abuse people's human rights. It's okay to coerce them into giving up their bodies for experimental vaccines. It's not okay for them to quarter soldiers. It's not okay for the government to, uh, to take away your right to due process. They should never take that from you. It's not okay for any of that. It's not okay. But yeah, that's just something that uh, we're, we're in a place now where we have to choose if we're going to obey these people's rules at all. If we're going to live in a civil society with people that want to control us in this manner. If, it, if it's something from the top down, like a federal government or your local government, or if it's the company that you work for, the authoritarianism is everywhere. And it's brought on 
by not only money, but the money that we put into the system. Here's what's a, I just want to touch on something when you were talking about Bill Gates's comment, because I think that his actual quote is very pertinent. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this slow. Here's what his quote is. Sadly, the virus itself, particularly the variant called Omicron is a type of vaccine. How broken is all of this? Yes. They say it. These fucking monsters say it to us. Sadly, the virus itself, particularly the variant called Omicron, is a type of vaccine. He is showing his disappointment and disdain that a lesser symptomatic form of the disease is creating herd immunity and building people's immune system. It's fucking revolting. It is revolting. When are we going to listen? When? When are we going to take this shit for face value? The boosters don't work. You said Fauci's talking about the fourth booster. The boosters don't work. Hey, we're going to do a fourth booster. Just like the masks don't work. You don't have to wear masks. Actually, you have to wear two masks. It's all fabricated. Every bit of it is fucking fabricated. And when is enough enough? It's about suppression. You know, and then when you talk about it, I've referenced this before, you know, a meme that said, I'm running out of conspiracy theories because they're all becoming true. That's the world we live in right now. (laughs) You know, we've talked at length many times about people being pulled off of social media platforms because they're saying they're going to force people to get a booster. And what happens? They force people to get a booster. So what's true anymore? When you have Leanna Wen coming on saying that, actually, you don't have to wear masks and we know the boosters don't work. Well, she's one of the most extreme voices in this whole thing. And yet, (laughs) right? It, It just, it boggles my fucking mind. Like, it's like somebody saying, close the door, open a door, close the door, open a door, close the door, open a door, close the door, open an door for two fucking years. That's what's happening for two years, guys. You've heard close the door, open a door, close the door, open a door. No, close it. Close it because we don't want the heat to get out. Well, open it because it's too cold in here. Well, should we turn down the heat? No, no, open the door. No, close the door. No, open a door. No, close the door. And all the fucking morons are just sitting there nodding their head going, okay, 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 okay. Hey, why did you close the door? Oh, oh, because we don't want the heat to get out. Hey, why'd you open the door? It's too hot in here. Yeah, but they just told you to to close it. Yeah, I know, but now they told me to open it. And everybody's just in this fucking mode of compliance just going, okay, 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 okay. Why? Because it's for your own good. It's for your own health. All right? I don't want it to be too hot in here. You'll catch a fever. Open the door. Well, I don't want it to be too cold in here. You're going to catch a cold. Close the door. And everybody just keeps consuming this fucking garbage. Right? So we talk about nutrition a lot. We talk about medic, metabolic health. Met, met, metabolic health. Yes. Taking care of your body. What about the, the, the mental and psychological nutrition that you have? What are you consuming? 
Are you eating lean protein, vegetables, and vitamins? Are you literally eating fucking trash? Because right now, everybody's become very happy with eating trash. And they get sicker and sicker and sicker, mentally, emotionally. But they just keep being told, no, 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 eat the trash. Keep eating the trash. It's, it's, it's just a fucking wild time, man. It is an absolutely wild time. So I just, when I see this comment from this fucking monster, mind you, this is a fucking computer guy. A, a software thief. The monopolized software and computer systems. And his comment is, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the variant called Omicron, is a type of vaccine. So ask yourself, ask your neighbor, ask your friends, why would he say that? Why is that sad? Why would that be sad that people are building a stronger natural immunity? Why is that sad? Why? Just fucking crazy times, man. Yeah, it's hard to look for a benign explanation there, right? Yeah. By the way, my apologies, guys. I sent number six a really fucked up article. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I threw him down a a rabbit hole while we were talking here. Well, we have... uh... We have a couple of things. First off, the the name of the scientist that I mentioned in All Watched Over by Machines of Love and Grace was W.D. Hamilton. So I, I connected his information to this week's source list. But yeah, if you check out that film by, by Adam Curtis, it talks about uh, Hamilton's um, quest to try and figure out the, the AIDS origin story here or HIV origin story. Uh, but he was a really uh, significant figure, it says in especially in the field of evolutionary biology. Uh, so he was on the case. And that, that's the type of thing I wanted to bring up. Like when we talk about how we're all fucking crazy conspiracy theorists, like science used to be is that you would hear something like a theory and then you'd set out to disprove it. Even if you agreed with the theory, you, you're like, hey, that sounds like it's true. Let me go check that shit and see if it actually works out in real life. Let me get some real data here. Let me put some graphs together. Let me put some charts together and let's figure this shit out. And they Think used about to when we're that. kids. Yeah. Right? So when you're, you're a kid, your theories fucking suck. Right? I think about stupid shit I've done in my mm-hmm. life. And oh, in yes. theory, it maybe was cool or maybe was fun. It ended really fucking bad. So once you test that theory out and realize it's a wrong theory, you stop doing it. Uh, I.e., when somebody's a child and there's a fucking flame on a stove. The theory is, wow, that's a really interesting thing. It might be cool to touch it. And then you burn your fucking fingers and you learn that my theory was wrong. I'm not going to do that anymore. So my question to everybody is why in the fuck do you keep putting your hands on the stove over and over and over and over and over again? (laughs) Yeah. Fucking crazy. I mean, we, if kids can learn a lesson, why can't we? Well, here's, here's the, here's the thing that, uh, so I'm scrolling down here, speaking about learning from our past, learning from history. Here's, here's Bill Hamilton's expedition to the Congo explained. During the 1990s, Hamilton became increasingly interested in the controversial argument that the origin of HIV lay in oral polio vaccine trials conducted by Hilary Korprowski in Africa during the 1950s. A letter by Hamilton on the topic to the major peer-reviewed journal Science was rejected in 1996. 
they wouldn't want to hear about any type of polio vaccine causing any problems back then. Oh, oh, wow. Sounds like that. Re- that's really changed a lot in the past few years. Uh, despite this rejection, he gave supportive declarations on the hypothesis to the BBC. Oh, that's a big no-no. You can't go out and tell the uh, the fucking corporate press or the government press and the BBC uh, that you're against vaccines in any in any way. And he also wrote the foreword of a 1999 book, The River, by journalist Edward Hooper, who investigated the hypothesis. To look for indirect evidence on the OPV hypothesis by assessing natural levels of simian immunodeficiency virus in primates in early 2000, Hamilton and two others ventured on a a field trip to the then war-torn Democratic Republic of Congo. That's where everybody wants to go on their fucking vacation. Uh, However, none of the over 60 urine and fecal samples collected by Hamilton contained detectable SIV virus. And then he died. So, yeah, it it does say here that um, he returned to London in January of 2000 and was admitted to the University College Hospital, where he was then transferred to Middlesex Hospital in February and died there in March. So he died a long, slow, painful death. Wonderful. The coroner, uh, the coroner concluded that his death was due to multi-organ failure due to upper gastrointestinal hemorrhage due to a duodenal diverticulum and arterial bleed through a mucosal ulcer. So yeah, that's that's what the uh, aspirin lodged in his gut apparently did to him. So yeah, don't get an aspirin lodged in your gut, folks. That sounds like that that sounds shitty. But um, man, what a way to go! But yeah, it, it turns out that people have been investigating uh, vaccines being tied to HIV for quite a long time. Um, we're not we're not the first group of people to really bring this up. But the fact that, and I'm glad that we're talking about this too, because we talk about that interconnectivity thing all the time. Um, this week, Glenn Beck sat down and talked with Stu Bergier, and I, re- I included this video on this week's source list too, about a bunch of different things being connected to the Great Reset. And they talked a little bit about the Canadian truckers and everything. They talked about the the, the financial capture there, but they also talked about something crazy with this Remington case. And how Remington was sued by, what, Sandy Hook parents or something like that? And Remington settled out of court for millions of dollars when all they did was make a product that other people misused, right? I mean, they didn't do anything. But Glenn goes into talking about, well, Remington isn't Remington anymore. There's no, like, daddy Remington that owns them or anything like that. They're owned by one of these conglomerate groups that just go around and buy up everything. And lo and behold, the people that own Remington now are the same type of people that want to disarm you and put experimental vaccines into your body, regardless if you want them there or not. So that got me thinking that um, because Glenn Beck brought up a brilliant point, if you wanted to ban guns, it's hard to do that through the law, especially here in America, because people don't want that shit to happen. But if you wanted to make it nearly impossible to own a firearm, um, you shut down the gun stores by suing all of the gun manufacturing companies because they the gun stores won't be able to get insurance anymore. 
it'll be so expensive for them to have insurance because of what the liabilities can be, whether owning a firearm company or anything associated with firearms, they're just going to make the business impossible, just like they want to do with the coal industry, right? They'll, they'll come out, they'll, they'll send people um, from the Biden administration to come out and readily admit it, that this is what we want to do. We want to shut down the entire energy sector. Sector. Well, Beto O'Rourke said it pretty plainly a few years ago. Yes, we want to take your AR-15s. How many times do they have to fucking tell us before we believe them? You know, so we're going from the World Economic Forum uh, wanting to put experimental vaccines into your body and force them into your body in Canada to the same types of people and the same types of companies wanting to disarm us here in the United States. And part of that is the insurance companies. And we included a video this week uh, from the Aimless News, uh, which is run by Jeffrey Keith over there. And I definitely wanted to give a shout out to him this week because there's been plenty of great videos that he's released over the past few months I've been paying attention to. And this one, The Pandemic is a Premeditated Murder by Life Insurance Companies by Dr. David Martin. Um, This is a great video because Dr. David Martin basically tears into the history of these evil fucking companies and everything that they've been part of and controlling over the past uh, several uh, centuries now, um, it's been. And it, it really rolls into what is uh, the, the WEF plan. Because if you look into what the World Economic Forum has been capable of doing over the past couple uh, months or years in this pandemic, is that they've been able to basically supplant or or just completely take over uh, governments in the Western world. Um, And Canada is certainly one of them. Uh, So I have here for this week's source list from uh, Crowdfund Insider, World Economic Forum convenes new consortium, including Citigroup. Oh, we talked about them last week, didn't we? Uh, Zurich Insurance Group and Cabbage uh, with a K to address fintech cybersecurity. And this is from back in March 6th of 2018, John Henry. It says here, the World Economic Forum announced the creation of a new consortium to strengthen cybersecurity for fintech fintech companies, financial technology companies, and data aggregators. The consortium's founding members include a global bank, Citigroup, insurance company, Zurich Insurance Group, and fintech leader, Cabbage. Infotech company Hewitt Packard Enterprise, and then also the financial infrastructure provider, the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation. The consortium, uh, the consortium's aim is to create a framework for the assessment of cybersecurity and fintech, or so they say. But I just wanted to point out that some of the biggest players in the world are commencing to work immediately in close consultation with the World Economic Forum's new Global Center for Cybersecurity in Geneva, Switzerland. And it says here that they're going to develop common principles for cybersecurity assessments, guidance for implementation, a point-based scoring framework. Really? A point-based scoring framework? Where have I heard of that one before? And guidance on improving an organization's score. So they're going to score you based on your cybersecurity. And if your cybersecurity has people like Trump supporters using it, I mean, what, what the fuck? Like, th- this is the leap. 
This is where this is where they get to tell us what to do. This is how they control us. And this has been going on since 2017, apparently. Um, it says it will draw upon a similar domestic focused project undertaken in 2017 by U.S. Chamber of Commerce on critical infrastructure protection, informing uh, information sharing and cybersecurity. So, yes, it's here. It's there. It's every fucking where authoritarianism. And this is how they do it. If it's not done through ESG scores, and ESG stands for environmental, social, and governmental, they're going to control all three of those things. Imagine if they control all of the world's resources, how we live and act, and then also the government to keep us in line. This is the World Economic Forum plan. This is the World Economic Forum model. And you're seeing it on display in Canada, aren't we? The fact that they've been able to shut down people's bank accounts, well, they've pre- already pre-planned this because they already, they, they're running your cybersecurity program. And look, you're getting these uh, strange donations from these Trump supporters. Well, that can't happen. We, we're going to have to shut that down. It could lead to mischief. That's what they've been charging these people with when they arrest them, John Henry. They've been charging people with mischief. I'll say it right now. We here at the New Prisoners, we are mischief. And we're proud of it. John Henry, what do you, what do you think of this crazy scheme for the World Economic Forum to control all of our finances uh, through, through ESG-type scores through, through, and, and also consultation on how to be better uh, at your cybersecurity as a company? Well, let me back up for a second because I want to touch on what you started this um, this segment off with, which is the firearm companies. Mm. Um, now uh, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm reaching on this one, but it wasn't wasn't Australia one of the places with the most severe mandates and lockdowns in the world? It certainly was. Okay, okay. It was them and, and I know Austria. Um it's super easy to own guns in Australia, right? Oh. Like doesn't everybody get one like for their tenth birthday from the state? And then like like they just have big gun parties and just everybody has guns there? I think that's how it used to be like in the land down under days, like back when that when song was, was first popular. Prison colony? Yeah, yeah, or that. Yeah, but um, oh, but I, it's still like it's still easy to have a gun there, right? I don't think I have to search that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with no. Um, when you well. say no, do you mean like it's kind of hard, or do you mean it's literally impossible to own a firearm? I think it's like rather trying to own one in New Jersey. Or to mm-hmm. park a running car at a gas station and then mm-hmm. to just go inside the gas station and expect mm-hmm. that your fucking car is still going to be there. Mm. The answer is probably no. Mm. <laughs> God, I, you know, call me crazy. I'm a fucking tinfoil mm. beanie on right now. But gosh, yeah. do we think that the way they were able to literally put people in COVID encampments and lock down the country so severe um, and to the point of even telling them don't speak to your neighbors. Do we think that that might have something to do with the fact that their general populace doesn't have the ability to defend themselves from a tyrannical government? Like, do you yeah. think that? 
you think that played a little bit into their determination of how they were going to handle that? I mean, so they could always revolt is, by throwing full Foster's beer cans because, I mean, mm, they are pretty heavy. They're pretty big, yeah. Pretty big. Not very good beer, though. No disrespect to you guys, Australia, but yeah. uh, Foster's is pretty shitty. I drank a lot of beer in my life. That's not so good. Yeah. So, guys, here's the deal. Let's just let's just take it down a notch for just a second here. Get vaccinated, bud. No, oh, wait, no, no. That's what yeah. Biden says. Yes. Um, the ESG scores, social credit scores, uh, the Great Reset financially, uh, global digital currency. Um, you know these giant, uh, you know, equity firms that purchase the firearm companies, the insurance companies, the banks that loan the people the money to do these things. I think at this point it's safe to say that uh, there are cohorts in this. And that they're all complicit. They're all working together is basically a criminal fucking enterprise uh, to control every corner and aspect of your life. So when you talk about the counseling for people to have good ESG scores, that means that they're going to counsel you to get an electric vehicle, which they're also going to counsel you on where and how to spend your money. We've talked about Klaus Schwab and the um, the carbon credit based credit cards. Um. They're going to put you in a fucking cubicle. You're not going to own anything and you're going to like it. Yep. Those are words from Klaus Schwab, by the way. You'll own nothing and you will like it. Uh, that's and the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. Unless we stop it. Because when you look at it, guys, it's one thing to speculate and go, oh, they'll, they'll fucking never do that to me. Well, let's go to the people in Canada. I was reading an article today about a very specific woman. She was 24 years old had multiple children, had a minimum wage job, and she donated $50 to the uh, the convoy, to the truckers. 50 bucks. Minimum wage, single mother. They froze her bank account. They, they froze her assets. She can't feed her kids. She didn't go there. She didn't stand in the street. She didn't honk a fucking horn. She just wanted to do her part because of something that she believed in. And they have now taken full control of her life because she has zero ability to have access to funds. Can't eat, can't pay for insurances, can't pay rent, can't heat her fucking home with her children in it in the dead of winter. That's what we're talking about today. That's what number six is referencing. Because the thing is, you can say, oh, that'll never happen to me. But what if you have no bank account tomorrow? What type of resources do you have? Do you have cash at home? Do you have gold? Do you have silver? Do you have cryptocurrency? Do you have a means to be able to do you have shit that you can trade? Do you have a fucking uh, a room full of moonshine that you can trade for fuel in your car? Because that's the direction that this takes us. And that's why it absolutely has to stop. Because it's, uh, you know, we were earlier we were talking about the Hydra, right? And um, the multi-headed fucking beast. So let's talk about the fucking, you know, the, the Kraken, which a lot of times is shown with like uh, multiple heads, but like tentacles, like an octopus. That's what these people are. That's what this entity is. They're a fucking monster with multiple tentacles. And one tentacle is finance and the other one is health insurance. And the other one is communication. And the other one is, 
you know, it's banking. And I know that goes hand in hand with finance and one's manufacturing and one's insurance. And the problem is when the fucking Hydra or the Kraken, when they have a tentacle and everything you need in your life in the way of a resource, they can take everything from you in a fucking heartbeat. Sorry, you have no car insurance. Can't register your car. Can't have it on the road. We're going to tow it. I'm sorry, you can't have access to put fuel in your vehicle because you've met, you've already hit your carbon credit max for this month. Shouldn't have bought that pair of shoes. So you can't even be a consumer anymore. Can't buy anything. That's a, that's a pretty scary proposition, guys. And that's what their objective is. That's what their goal is. It's not enough to make money. At this point, money's irrelevant. Because all it is is just a form of control. Really, if you think about it, Right. They control your mind, tell you what to fucking spend your money on based on all the you know information they pull from you from social media and how you live your life and what you say when, you know, Siri or Alexa's in the fucking room of your living room. And they tell you what to work hard for and they tell you what to spend your money on and you just go, okay, like a good fucking zombie. Um but with that, they have the ability to take that away. So, you know, that coaching that they can give you is I saw that you liked a conservative page on Instagram. Uh, well, we're going to recommend that you would go ahead and uh, unfollow that page because that's going to equate in losing 50 credits. And by the way, on Facebook, we saw you posted a picture one time with a person with a MAGA hat or you say your friends with number six on there and he's very conservative. We're going to drop your points on that one, too. Um, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of points for us. Sorry, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, we're you're fucked listening to this show, which means that in essence, our show doesn't exist because we can't do this because it's too much of a risk to people mm-hmm. to be able to do that. So it reminds me of a Black Mirror episode, which we've talked about that quite frequently because uh, the writers, I don't know if they were trying to give us a warning or throw it in our face. It certainly was either or, but Priming. You, know, you have the... You have the episode about credits for the girl that's trying to get to her friend's wedding and they have social credit scores. And as her social credit score drops, she's more and more limited on how she can function as a free person in society. And at the end of the day, she finally makes it to the wedding, but she has too low of a credit score for them to to allow her to be there. That's what's happening. That's the direction that we're going towards. You know, um, companies already have these ESG scores. And same thing as social credit. It's all the same shit, guys. So when we talk about it, you know, a lot of this stuff is 100% connected. And in China, they're fully operating under that program currently. Fully. If your score is too low, you can't finance a vehicle. You can't buy a car. You can't get on a train. You can't get a taxi. You can't sign a lease. You can't finance anything in your life. And you are fucked and you don't exist anymore. So then what happens? Where do you go? What do you do? So I'll ask you this. Let's say that's you. Let's say you wake up tomorrow and you have no more bank account and your cell phone service is shut off and you can't have a means to communicate. You also aren't able to have accessibility to the Internet. And by the way, you also find out when you get to work that you were fired. And then when you go to charge your electric vehicle, the meter says access denied. And you're fucking stranded. In every way, shape, and form, you're on a deserted island, maybe even standing in the middle of your fucking house. What are you going to do? Where do you go? Well, now you're also a leper. And the people you would normally call upon for help can't. Because they don't want the same thing to happen to them. 
that's the ultimate dissension. That's the ultimate separation of humans and people standing together with similar beliefs. It's got to stop. And you need to first recognize that it's there and it's in existence and then start taking the steps to go, I don't want any part of this. How can I make a difference now? Uh, what can I do to put a halt to this? Because there is no freedom in that. I don't want that. Talked about the movie The Giver a whole bunch. Well, they just have these things that they're provided in their life and there's nothing more. There is nothing more. They don't want more. They don't, you know, they don't yearn for more. They just are assigned their job and this is where your cubicle is and this is what your house is and this is what you're going to eat every day and this is what you're going to do every day and that just becomes people's lives. And, you know, what's interesting about The Giver is you have uh, the character in the in the show is the guy that remembers, right? And that's his job is to remember, remember the past. And then the kid in it is is the the new person that's going to remember and have memories of what was. And the thing is, there's only one person designated for that because everybody else is so far removed from that so many generations that there is no recollection of what that was even like. And that's our path right now. Enough generations go by that they don't know what it meant to have freedom. They didn't know what it meant to choose where you live or what you do for a living or who to love or even what love is. And then it's just gone and it's erased from the fucking history books. Is that what you want for your heirs? Is that what you want for your great great grandkids? Or do you want to put a stop to it now and recognize and understand that this just doesn't fucking work? Find the people that are fighting against that. Embrace them. Support them financially and any way that you can. Because now we, we are starting to see a glimpse into that future. And Canada is one of those places. Peacefully assembling. Being physically attacked and assaulted. Their insurances are being canceled. Their assets are being frozen. They have nowhere to go. That's not freedom. That's not what it means to be human. That's fucking slavery. It's indentured servitude. We're going to give you somewhere to live. We're going to give you your cube of fucking goo. Uh, and here's what you're going to do in return. So we need to recognize this now. And everything we talk about, it's, it's really all the same shit. It all connects together. It's rare that we ever have a fucking off-the-wall topic that really doesn't have some type of correlation to everything else we talk about every single week, guys. It's all the same thing. It's all the same goal. Oh, well, you guys are talking about satanic pedophiles. Yeah, well, who the fuck are they? They're the people with fucking Goldman Sachs and the insurance companies and the people that are buying a fucking pervert's fucking house. That's who they are. They're the people telling you you can't do that. That's who they are. So it's all the same shit. It's all connected. It's all interwoven in a fucking evil web. And here's the thing. If we don't pay attention, you're going to get caught in that fucking evil web. And there's no escape. We can't afford that. It's not who we are. That's not what we do. That's not our purpose in this life. That's not our God-given rights. And that's why it's so utterly important to embrace those. Why do you think they're so anti-church? Why do you think they're so anti-faith? Why do you think China puts the Uyghur Muslims in slave camps and kills them? 
Why do you think that it's illegal to be a Christian there? And they break up people having prayer and sentence them to death and put them in fucking prison. Because the state is the highest power. And to say that there's a God or believe in a God means that there's something above that, which means you're not ruled by the state. That is not your ruler. Right? That is not your overseer. And that's where the conflict comes in. So if you wonder why they want to take God out of schools and God out of your life, well, that's why. Because then they become gods. And they expect worship. Well, you cannot worship more than one master. You cannot worship two gods. At least not in the traditional sense. No disrespect to other faiths and worship multiple gods. But in general, if you believe in one and only God, then that's the most powerful being, entity, power, energy that exists. So that's why they want to evaporate that from your mind, your heart, and your soul. And that's why we have all these fucking lunatics that have become obsessed with um, LGBTQ plus RP, pansexual, non-binary, asexual, wolf-sexual, demon-sexual, because they've just become lost. Because they forget that God created two genders, a man and a woman. There is no 160 genders. There is no, I came up with my new one. It's very simple. It's anatomy and biology, which is science. There is no in-between. There just fucking isn't. And I'm not saying that people aren't inclined mentally to feel like the opposite sex. And again, I don't give a fuck. My reference last week was, I don't give a fuck if you want to identify as a beaver and marry a tree stump. I don't care. Right? But don't don't take that ability to be faithful away from me. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. That's what I say to that. And all your fucking mental illness nonsense that you spew into the fucking world. Right? I love all men and all women as brothers and sisters because they are under God. Why do you think they try to divide us? Why do you think they push the racial divide so hard? Because we're not children of God if we hate each other because of the color of our skin. So they want to perpetuate that narrative and make it seem worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. You're demonized because you're white and you have white privilege. You're a victim because you're black, because you've been penalized your whole life and suppressed and stifled from achieving anything because of the color of your skin. Fuck all that noise. We're all just brothers and sisters. And that's what scares these monsters the most. Because you look at Canada and you look at everybody standing as brothers and sisters. Black, white, Asian, Indian, Native American, Native Canadian, Inuit, Muslim. Doesn't fucking matter. It's everybody. And look what's happening there. Look how terrified they are. Look how frightened Justin Trudeau is. Because he knows as if we stand together as brothers and sisters that they cannot control us. They cannot overpower us or overwhelm us. Because there's a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them. Just like there's a hell of a lot more Canadians in Ottawa than there are police that are making statements like they need to hear our jackboots on the ground. Yeah, I saw that today. It's a joke to them. They're the enforcers. They're the fucking Gestapo. They're the brown coats or brown shirts. It's fucking horrific. They're the SS. Just following orders. Well, don't stand and fight them. Just stand together in unity. Because there's nothing they can do about that. They can't combat that. 
They can try to stifle you, but you stand together and sing louder. Not scream, not revolt, no violence, but sing, smile. You see videos of them handing roses out um, to the uh, to the police officers and and people going, hey, can I give you a hug? That's what this is about. That's what it's about. It's about them really existing on a higher plane or, or, or just being on higher ground above that shit, above the police officers that are being put in that role. I mean, for fuck's sake, they, they fired the Ottawa police chief. They fired him because he wouldn't give the call. He wouldn't give the call for violence. He would not make the fucking call. So what do they do? They put in this fucking shill. They put in this interim police chief that says, fuck him up. Roll out the horses. Maybe you can stomp an old woman with a fucking walker, which is what happened. Beat them, pound them. By the way, take all identification off of you. Guys, think about it. Think about any movie where you ever saw. Think about stormtroopers. Do stormtroopers have name tags on? Do stormtroopers have uh, badge numbers? No, they have nothing. Can you see their faces? No, you can't. Why? Well, that's really the point, isn't it? Because they're not people anymore. They're simply enforcers that are doing a job. It's not about human-to-human interaction. So what do they do? They take that humanity away, which is exactly what they've done in mass to us globally by putting these fucking masks on everybody's face. This whole thing was not for safety, not health, not for your grandmother. It was to take away your fucking humanity because humanity is all we really have. And humanity is the most powerful tool that we have. And these fuckers know that. They know that. And they try to rob us of that. And the beautiful thing about Canada right now is they won't let these sons of bitches take it away. They want that. They won't let that little fucking bitch puppet fucking Trudeau take that away. They will not let them take their humanity away. And that's why even after violence and attacks and assaults and breaking windows and towing trucks and freezing assets. They're giving out roses and hugs to the fucking police. Because that wins every time. Every fucking time. And everybody that's in the sound and hear the sound of my voice right now, don't you ever fucking forget that. Because don't get me wrong, I've watched these videos coming out of Canada, and I have had so much anger in my heart. It literally makes me want to be driven to violence. Like, fuck, I just want to go smash them for what they're doing to these people. And then I see them giving the police hugs and roses and food and water and saying, I love them. I love you, police officer in Canada. Right? Because that's what wins. That's what wins. That beats anything they fucking got. And really, it's standing together. It's that unity. It's that humanity. So... That's what we have to strive for. So we have to do every single day. And so many times we talk about talk to your neighbor, talk to your friends. That's how we do that. That's how we have strength. That's where our power lies, right? Where their power lies is a division, the argument vaxxed, unvaxxed, right? Uh, BLM, not BLM, CRT, not CRT, right? That's, that's all it comes down to. That's where they have powers to divide us and make us hate each other. Because what happens is if our attention's on one another, then we're not paying attention to what they're doing to us both. We're not seeing the house surrounded because we're too worried about fighting in the home. 
We didn't take a chance to look outside and realize that a fucking 20-foot brick wall had been built around the house while we were arguing about petty bullshit at the table. And now we're going to both look out the door and go, what the fuck? What do we do now? Well, I got news for you. If it gets to that point, there isn't anything you can do. Nothing. We both lose. We'll stand together. Remember the importance of humanity. Love thy brother and sister, people. That's all we got. That is the most powerful thing we have, and frankly, it's all we need. Well said, sir, because I, I made some notes earlier today while I was just walking around the house thinking about what I was going to say about these topics tonight, and I wrote down that this war is asymmetrical. You know, It's pretty one-sided against us because of what we have enabled. We've enabled the insurance companies and the banks to get away with murder here and manipulation and really the the usurping of the sovereignty of our nations. And I'll talk about that in a second. But I did write down something else, though. Our, our symmetric, asymmetrical battleground, John Henry, the for our side, the liberty movement, the patriots, the freedom fighters, is when we are peaceful. Because when we're peaceful, they're forced to aggress upon us. When we have love for one another, they have none. And ultimately, when we act in good faith, they cannot. You know, so we, we are faced with a really daunting task of having to deal with a very authoritarian government, both in uh, Canada and definitely in the U.S. here too, and we've talked about the slip into the social credit system back in our episode six called At What Cost? So we've talked about this subject in, uh, pretty extensively. But to kind of put a face to who we're at war with, I have this article pulled for our source list. It's from rightsfreedoms at wordpress.com. Uh, so it's under rights and freedoms by the expose. The title of the article is called Hidden Alliance of Former WEF Young Global Leaders Working in Lockstep, that's a familiar term too, uh, to enforce the Great Reset include Emmanuel Macron, Justin Trudeau, Jacinda Ardern, and Boris Johnson. Man, I'm shocked to see that, right? It says in the article, how is it? that more than 190 governments from all over the world ended up dealing with the COVID pandemic in almost exactly the same manner, with lockdowns, mass mandates, and vaccination cards now being commonplace everywhere. It says the answer may lie in the Young Global Leaders School, which was established and managed by Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and that many of today's prominent political and business leaders pass through on their way to the top. So now it says that not only was it Macron and uh, Justin Trudeau and Jacinda Ardern, but also it says that other uh, young global leaders here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is great. It says the WF was originally uh, called the European Management Forum until 1987. I guess that's a little too explicit when you want to be the manager of nations 
but you're not the elected officials. So you'd think that, you know, you would have some sort of defense if you were, you know, a sovereign country to prevent some sort of, you know, foreign global entities such as the WF or, you know, taking over your country. But you really don't have much of a defense whenever your country's government is all the people of that same group that you're trying to fight against. So um, now it's saying that the reason may include uh, oh, maybe due to the context Schwab had made during his university education, including studying with no less than a person than former national security advisor and Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar, if you want to look up a true demon uh, whenever it comes to the globalism um, and uh, just the, the, the damage that this man has done to the Middle East alone deserves him um, an eternity in hell. Folks, look up Henry Kissinger and just see all the fucking crimes against humanity that he's responsible for. I mean, everything that you see that's happening in current modern day Syria and, and what a mess that all is, is all due to Henry Kissinger guaranteed. Um, but also it says that uh, Schwab established a parallel institution in 92, the global leaders for tomorrow school, which was reestablished as young global leaders in 20, 2004 and attendees at the school must apply for admission and then are subjected to a rigorous selection progress, uh, process. And member of the school's very first class in 1992 already included many who went, to on, went on to become important liberal political figures, such as Angela Merkel, Nicholas Sarkozy, and Tony Blair. So if you want to know who's responsible for all the neocon wars, all the regime change wars and death, all the economic destruction, all of the bailouts, basically everything that has ruined aspects of our modern life, um, countless amounts of blood and treasure spent. And also uh, when it comes to that treasure, put into different hands, transferred. Does that sound familiar? Wasn't the lockdown the world's largest transfer of wealth ever? So is it any shock that the people responsible for that are also the people responsible for all the other fucking world's problems? And they're all part of the same little group. It says here that there's currently about 1,300 graduates of this school. And the list of alumni includes several names of those who went on to become leaders of the health institutions of their respective nations. Four of them are former and current health ministers for Germany, including Jen Spahn, who has been federal minister of health since 2018, Philip Rosler, who was minister of health from 2009 until 2011, and was then appointed the WEF's managing director by Schwab in 2014. So, and then other list of names that it gives to uh, Sebastian Kurtz, who is until recently the chancellor of Austria. No fucking shocker there, right? That Austria slipped into this type of authoritarianism. Uh, Victor Orban of Hungary. Jean-Claude Juncker uh, of uh, the Prime Minister of Luxembourg and President of the European Commission. Uh, Annalita Barbach, the leader of German Greens. Justin Trudeau, like I mentioned. Here's another one, though. This one might be... 
it, I think it the get the noggin joggin, as uh, Sargon of Akkad uh, often says. Uh, shout out to Sargon there and the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, too. Big fan. Um, Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. He's on the list. And also Gavin Newsom, the California governor who was selected for the class of 2005, as well as former presidential candidate and current U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, who is a very recent alumnus, having been selected for the class of 2019. I wonder when they say that, you know, people like us are conspiracy theorists, how literal that that literal that 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 is, because this is a conspiracy. We have a theory about it. And here are all the players involved in the conspiracy. It's overt. They are the people of the Rockefeller Foundation. They are the people of the World Economic Forum. And they are the people in our government. Also, they're the people that are not only political leaders, it says here, we also find many of the captains of private industry there. Now hold on to your shit. This list includes Microsoft's Bill Gates, Amazon's Jeff Bezos, Virgin's Richard Branson. Add dramatic gasp here. <gasps> I'm so surprised. And Wikipedia founder Jimmy Wales and also... You're going to love this one, too, because I know it's near and dear to your heart, John Henry. The Clinton Foundations. You Chelsea motherfuckers. <laughs> Folks, these are the fuck. Just to be clear, he just read off the list of monsters that live under your fucking bed. That's what those are. Universal monsters ain't got shit on these creatures, folks. They ain't got nothing. Do you remember, nothing. um, what the hell is the, uh, fuck. I'm trying to remember the movie with, uh, Freddy something or other. Freddy got fingered? Uh, no, no, not Freddy got fingered. That is a classic. Um, no, it's a uh, fuck. I can't remember, but it's basically about how the kids go under their bed into this world of monsters. Okay. Uh, do you know what movie I'm talking about? Oh man, is it's, it uh, is it Monsters Inc? No, 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 no. That's the one where <laughs> that's that's the one where they steal the fear out of the kids. Mm. Uh, no, it's oh yeah, the it, Adrenochrome based um, one. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Uh, I'll, I'll report back. Back to you, sir. Yes. Okay. All right. So the reason why I wanted to read this list off you, and John Henry kind of, you know, capped, uh, really put it, put it in perspective there for you folks, is that this list here um, is basically the list of the players in this story. And if you really want to understand the direction of our world. If you really understand why shit doesn't make sense, why things are forced down our throats the way that they are, why nobody is ever held accountable for it, why they fail miserably out in the open, why Bill Gates can go out on TV and say, you know what? That Omicron shit, that's a vaccine and it's given people natural immunity and that's really sad. Um, that's because these people... And Boris Johnson, you shouldn't be surprised either. Um, all of them, all of them, all of them 
are part of the same club, and we ain't in it. Rest in peace, George Carlin. How right was he? It says in the 2020 pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years, uh, that the, pa- that, I'm sorry, in 2020, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit. And unlike the 2004 SARS epidemic, uh, this new coronavirus strain, origin unknown, was extremely, extremely virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing millions in just seven months. But it says the pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies. International mobility of both people and goods reached to a halt. Debilitating industries like tourism and breaking global supply chains. Boy, we're seeing the results of that now, aren't we? Even locally, normally bustling shops and office buildings sat empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. The pandemic blanketed the planet with, through disproportionate numbers, died in care homes where the virus spread like wildfire in the absence of official containment protocols, thanks to people like Andrew Cuomo. And uh, also, uh, let's see, Tom Wolf of PA. Um, we have uh, Gretchen Whitmer as well. And then, um, oh, what's the fucker from New Jersey? I always forget his name. I'm going to have to look him up. I wonder if I could just type in fucker from New Jersey and it'll come up. Oh. Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, I think his name is. Let's see if I'm right. Yeah, Phil Murphy. Fuck you too, Phil Murphy. You murdering piece of shit. I wonder what his connection to this group is. Probably there. Probably there. But nonetheless, what was I saying? Oh, let's go back to the article. So it says, The United Kingdom's initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens from flying... Uh, proved deadly in its leniency, accelerating the spread of the virus, not just within the UK, but across borders. However, a few countries did fare better. China in particular, this is what you talked about earlier, John Henry. Uh, the Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as, as its instant and near hermetic sealing off of all borders, saved millions of lives, stopping the spread of the virus far earlier than in other countries and enabling a swifter post-pandemic recovery. I'm sorry, did you say it saved millions of lies? Was that that, that what you said? Lies? uh, Oh yeah. Well, I think, yes, that is correct. Um, The, (laughs) I think what was sold to us basically is that the Chinese government through authoritarianism solved this problem. And then it was marketed to us by these assholes from the World Economic Forum and then forced down our throats by the people in our governments, the people that we we elected, uh, that we delegated with the, the rights um, and powers to protect us um, from foreign entities like the World Economic Forum and also to uh, protect our infrastructure like our supply chains and protect our rights like our ability to uh, exist without a vaccine in our bloodstream. But... Um, it says here in the uh, just to wrap up this article, it says uh, China's government was not able, uh, not the only one that took extreme measures to protect its citizens from risk and exposure. During the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions, from the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks at uh, the entries of communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. It says here that you will have noticed a few uh, words within the article which we highlighted in bold, 
These are, these are words that we changed in order to bring the document in line with the current scenario playing out across the world, the alleged COVID-19 pandemic. So it goes on to uh, a couple different things about the pandemic too, uh, which is the number of deaths where COVID-19 was the only cause mentioned on the death certificate. And we talked about it last week, how the CDC is changing those numbers uh, and just going off of the death certificates outside of the hospital. So they're going to be able to... Uh, yeah, pretty much railroad us on those numbers like the CDC has been doing for the past two and a half fucking years. But it does go into the fact that uh, what we were told before uh, about the deadliness of this virus and all of the measures that it would take in order to control it and how we just needed to do the right thing and do our part. And if you're, if you're Biden saying it too, doing the patriotic thing uh, by, by getting all of your shots, we've proven here that uh, with this little table in this article, uh, that if you were uh, infected with COVID, yeah, you had a great chance of survival. We did this for nothing. We really did this for nothing. Um, the, the lockdowns didn't work. Uh, we, we went over that, right? We, we talked about the Johns Hopkins uh, study that came out that proved that the, not only did the uh, lockdowns not work, but then also in turning over to authoritarianism, we sacrificed a shit ton of innocent people, uh, which included uh, massive amounts of suicides, uh, drug abuse deaths, and everything else. And to really encapsulate that, though, um, Vandana Shiva, who Russell Brand has interviewed a couple times and, and done some segments about her, and she's a really interesting person to me. Uh, because she also talked, and you talked before as well too, John Henry, about metabolic health and how we talk about diet and food and exercise. Her thoughts and feelings on on food and and getting the um, the Bill Gates food out of India uh, is a really important topic to Vandana Shiva. Um, because yeah, guess what? The the people involved in ruining our world uh, for this uh, pandemic and pray that there's a worse one coming are the same people that own a large amount now of the food and farming industry. Man, that should really sit right with you. But Vandana Shiva says, the Great Reset is about multinational corporate stakeholders at the World Economic Forum controlling as many elements of planetary life as they possibly can. From the digital data humans produce, like you were saying, John Henry, to each, each morsel of food we eat. I thought that was perfect that they included that. Great article. Definitely go. And you can donate to them there too off of that site. So yeah, definitely go check out the expose there on uh, rights and freedoms at wordpress.com. What a fucking great article. But that leads me into this though. When we're talking about the creeps from the WEF uh, controlling our economies, well, let's look back to Canada. Because when you mentioned that the frozen bank accounts there and everything... The stupid cunt doing that is Rupa Subramanya. No, 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 no. Christia, Christia Freeland. Sorry. Rupa Subramanya is the person uh, writing this article on the National Post about Christia Freeland and her side gig with the WEF. Um, now, it goes on to say that in her book, Freeland notes that she had been given uh, an invitation to Davos and marks an aspiring plutocrat's arrival on the international scene because she wrote a book on plutocracy. Um, apparently, yes, the World Economic Forum, 
which has met at the Swiss ski resort of Davos every year since its creation in 1971 by German academic and entrepreneur Klaus Schwab, was forced to convert its annual Schmoozefest into a virtual event this year due to COVID-19, because this was uh, written back in February 22nd of 2021, John Henry. But it says, of note, the main agenda was stakeholder capitalism panel, which included Canada's deputy prime minister and finance minister, Christian Freeland, who's also a former journalist, shock there, turned politician, just like Mussolini, um, has been a fixture at the WF for years. Um, also, she's been rubbing shoulders at Davos with the world's rich, famous, and powerful. And it was one of the uh, inspirations for her book, uh, these meetings, her two to- 2012 book, Plutocrats, The Rise of the New Global Super Rich and the Fall of Everyone Else. So apparently she was a one-time critic of this type of leadership, but now, now she's part of the club. And then since 19, she sat on the board of trustees of the WEF itself. Now, the other members include Canada's own Mark Carney, former governor of the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, um, Al Gore. Wow, we're shocked there that Al Gore is involved in all this bullshit too, all this climate garbage. Uh, Mukesh Ambani, which is India's richest individual. And then, oh, oh, hang on to your shit, folks. You're going to be shocked. Larry fucking Fink of BlackRock the world's largest investment fund and a slew of other bankers, CEOs, tycoons, and celebrities. Notably, Freeland is the only government minister presently on the board. So if you're wondering why Canada slipped into authoritarian hell, well, that might be your first clue as to how that happened. I mean, these are all the players. They're all the, all of them. It's like a fucking roster that we're just reading off here today, folks, out of these articles. These are all the people fucking up Canada right now. All of them. Christian Freeland. And sorry, Rupa, I didn't mean to call Rupa a stupid cunt. Yeah, I meant to call Christian a stupid cunt because she is for following this WEF world globalism bullshit. And we got a beautiful picture there. Penis head Klaus Schwab, uh, founder and executive chairman. There we go. But um, it says here in the article, too, before I wrap up, writing in the New York Times in 2011, Freeland described Schwab as a rather traditional European social democrat who aims to encourage among participants a kind of kind of noblesse oblige, noblesse oblige or its modern equivalent, stakeholder capitalism. Now, stakeholder capitalism, and I've said it before, is a rebranding of corporatism. It is fascism, folks. We're seeing the rise of fascism coming from the Swiss Alps, from this penis-headed asshole, Klaus Schwab, and this stupid cunt, Christian Freeland, and all the other people from the WF and all the other people in the Canadian government that are allowing this to happen. Why? Why don't we do this? Why don't we pull our money out of the banks because we can still exchange cash with one another, right? In person. I mean, it can be confiscated, but they can't stop and confiscate all of us, just like they couldn't confiscate all of the gas cans. 
So if we can't use their wire services, you know, to, to transfer money from bank account to bank account or, you know, PayPal, those types of payment uh, services and everything, if, if you're completely banned from doing electronically, well, do the next. Oh, people have already been doing that, John Henry. They've been going to the banks and pulling out their money and the banks are freaking the fuck out because they're going to notice that when there's a run on the banks. Right. So then we have Canada's justice minister saying that Trump supporters ought to be worried about frozen bank accounts. That David Lametti has told Trump supporters who donated to the Freedom Convoy to be worried about having their bank accounts frozen. Well, geez, thank you for that warning. And I love this guy's look, too. He looks like a 19-fucking-05 like MLB pitcher of some sort with that fucking beard. God, what an asshole look. Ah, uh, but, yeah, uh, They've noticed, they've taken notice that we're taking money out of the banks. And like you've talked about before, John Henry, people can barter with plenty of other things besides cash too. There's a lot of things that uh, hold value to them. Uh, food, water, ammunition. There's a lot of Liquor. things like that. Yep. Genuinely. Uh, now might be the time for you folks to watch a couple episodes of Doomsday Preppers. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I would genuinely take a hard look at that uh, simply because um, one of the things that you'll see a lot of the people do uh, is they will have collected either ammo or food, canned goods, jarred goods, um, you know, in alcohol uh, in the form of a barter system. You know, if they ever get to that point, they have a resource that they're able to exchange for things that they need. So I'd say now's probably a good time to take a quick peek at that. Yeah, I think that, you know, now's definitely the time to uh to prepare for something big if you're in Canada. I mean, seeing that the way that the government is treating these protesters, do you want to keep your money? And Dan Bongino talked about it this past week too. Shout out to Dan Bongino. I mean, he talked about it too, saying, Do you really want to keep your money in these Canadian banks? And I think that if you believe in liberty and freedom or inherent rights in people at all, um, you should have lost your confidence in any bank that participated in this bullshit. Anyone that goes along with it. Um, definitely go there and take enough money out to survive. Uh, take enough money out to maybe you know trade with another person for something that you may need. Uh, because if you're going to protest the government doing something this heinous to people, like forcing things inside their bodies that they don't want, uh, you never know when you may need to stand up yourself if you aren't already. Like anybody that's a part of the freedom movement up there in Canada who may be listening, yeah, don't, go stock up on some cash now uh, while you have access to it. Um, and then definitely get your hands on other important items that you're going to need because we might have to do that. We might have to uh, protest this out and we won't have access to things like money because they'll shut it down. That's that's actually really brilliant, John Henry, uh, just thinking about it. Um, the other thing that I thought of too this week that uh, I've heard being batted around quite a bit online and um, is a general strike. Is um, actually people uh, going and uh, just, you know, not working, just the entire country. Like if you, I saw a video today about loggers joining all this when they're, they're done with their season um, in March, uh, but I don't know if the protests are going to last all that long. Um, there in, in one particular area, at least, 
but this conflict definitely is, isn't going to end there. So if we have this precedent, if we have this amount of people um, on display for the world to see up there protesting peacefully, um, it is going to lead to greater movements, greater protests, and that's also going to lead to greater reactions from governments like the Canadian government. So we are going to need we are we are going to need some backup uh, plans here. Definitely, um, definitely pull your money out of the banks uh, that are shit that are shit banks and put them into ones that you can trust. Um, hold money, buy a safe, buy a gun safe while you're at it, um, and then buy a bunch of food and water because that can't ever be a bad thing. And medicine too. Uh, definitely get your hands on some medicine. We've all seen how they won't treat you, you know, and, and in certain areas, they won't even treat you um, if you're not vaxxed, if you don't have uh, your passport. And one thing uh, of note, too, uh, I don't really have any articles about this, but I heard uh, from a source today that um, they're doing away with the vaccine passports up there in Canada, but they're replacing it with the digital passport. I think it was Vincent from the Red Elephants who was talking about that, to be exact. But yeah, they don't need the Vax Passport because the infrastructure for that is already laid down and already put into the digital passport that they're going to put in. So, and they, that, that doesn't have to be regional. It could be national. So, but yeah, just to wrap things up on this topic, though, the Canadian sanctions on 34 crypto wallets tied to trucker freedom convoy. This is from Coindesk. Uh, apparently, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Monero, and Cardano addresses are all on the list. And I wanted to bring this up because they're talking about doing an American version of this convoy too. And we've talked a lot about it in the past few weeks because when we had Crypto Man on his song about Ross, uh, Free Ross, um, we have uh, here another article from Breitbart about the Justice Department seizing another $3.6 billion in crypto. So the government is primed and ready. It's been seizing cryptocurrency in a, mount, a massive amount. The FBI and the, the Justice Department ha- have a massive amount of crypto on their hands. And that can lead to a couple different things. One is manipulation of the crypto market. And two, um, they've been working on different ways to track all of this and analyzing it. And feeding that analysis into a supercomputer that'll probably figure out how to do this through a digital currency instituted in our nations like the US and Canada, John Henry, where they'll be able to control all of our currency in the future. So if you do work for a living, which is most of us, um, that you will be controlled because at any point, if you step out of line, if you become a dissenter, if you become a dissident like us that they will freeze all of your money because you won't have the option to use cash or silver or gold or platinum or other things that you'll have to have their mark, John Henry. You'll have to use their mark. But on 10 things on a bright note, I guess, uh, I have this article from the National File. The Freedom Convoy announces list of demands, including an end to all vaccine and mask mandates. I'm really proud of these people for representing the freedom movement, the liberty movement up there, these freedom fighters. As part of the Canadian Freedom Convoy, 
Uh, they're articulating a list of demands that government forces must satisfy in order for the peaceful occupation of the capital city of Ottawa to end. It says that pro-freedom truckers have been occupying Ottawa in protest of vaccine mandates, forcing leftist Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to flee his dwelling in the capital and retreat into exile. But it says the truckers are gaining worldwide support in the face of massive opposition from the government. The Ottawa police have been uh, using a surge and contain strategy to try to stop the truckers and even attempted to freeze donations to the freedom fighters and cut off fuel getting to the truckers. And so far, the truckers are standing their ground and resisting uh, government pressure. But it says here that they stated their demands with the following message. One, end all vaccine mandates for all Canadians, truckers, travelers, employers, employees, healthcare workers, law enforcement agents, and soldiers. Number two, cancel uh, provincial and municipal vaccine passports and masking requirements. Number three, end all state of emergency declarations. Number four, allow those who have lost their jobs to go back to work. Number five, grant access to parents that lost access to their kids. Be reunited because they've been taking kids away from their families because the parents aren't vaccinated. Six, financial protection for all small businesses harmed by COVID restrictions. And seven, respect freedom of choice and do not discriminate. That's a pretty basic list of demands to ask for representative government. Sounds like terrorism to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, we're, and we're looking at it. We're looking down the barrel of this coming here to America because as Tim Pool reported on, and I, I slapped it on the source list too, that uh, the Freedom Truckers uh, are planning a DC, a DC uh, U.S. convoy that's going to be going from California to D.C. I heard they're not going to be going into uh, the city of Washington, D.C. because it is a war zone there. At least it's set up to look like one because of Biden and and Pelosi and the January 6th commission. Thanks, Liz Cheney, you piece of shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at what it. what Dan Crenshaw says about her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'd, love, he'd make out with her any day. He'd move. He'd look at her with his good eye doing it, too. But um. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's just something I wanted to bring up, too, because, uh, you know, as we're looking into this happening here in the United States, um, I would tell everybody in the United States to do the same thing as in Canada as well. Um, we're looking at the banks, companies, our government coming after us. Uh, so stock up, folks. Uh, get your money out of these shit organizations. Uh, get your cash right. Get your gold right, get your silver right, whatever that's good for barter and trade. Get your firearms right and your ammunition count good. And uh, food, water, medicine, important things. And uh, connect with one another. Uh, lately, it's been great being on Gab because you're not fucking censored there. Um, you're not shadow banned to hell. Um, so it's been really great connecting with a lot of people and a lot of great uh, articles, ideas, videos, and other things that I've seen too. Uh, have come from there this past couple of weeks. So I'm really thankful for that. But I also got news that uh, John Henry Truth Social is going to be rolling out this week. Truth Social dropped. Everybody that uh, pre-ordered the app right before we started the show look like uh, at 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, the app went uh, live-ish. 
So I uh, was reading online and personally myself was not able to make an account, but the app is live. Uh, it's downloaded on your phone. If not, go ahead and download it. Uh, I guess the overwhelming response uh, has absolutely buried all the servers. So from what I understand, if you can actually complete the process, it puts you on a waiting list and it gives you what number you are uh, to be able to create your new account. Obviously, uh, Big T-Dog, Big Teflon Don uh, has, you know, they, they've teased that a little bit this week. They even made a, an, an account for Jack, <laughs> Jack Dorsey from Twitter, really? at Jack and said, uh, we're holding it for you. So a little bit of trolling, which I love. Uh, so that's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing I couldn't imagine a better time. You got the Russia, Ukraine shit. You have the Canada stuff. I mean, there's so much going on. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that becomes. Uh, I'm really hoping that it's everything that um, that we need it to be. You know, I know there was some hiccups with the getter and there was still some suppression on getter, which there was a lot of blowback there. Uh, but I'm hoping it's really that the truly a free platform and that, uh, you know, people will have a, a source of information, man. So I'm really excited about that. So for everybody, be patient. Uh, I assumed it would be difficult. So, you know, I wonder what portion of those 81 million uh, Biden voters are switching sides <laughs> and on that list and sitting in the queue right now to get their account. Um, not only that, but I'd be willing to make a bet that the number one most utilized password on there will be Trump 2024 exclamation point <laughs> yeah there'll be some of that that's for sure um it, it made me think too john henry when you brought up the um biden administration and what's been going on in the ukraine too it was just funny seeing that uh vladimir putin was included on that list uh for some of the people connected with the world economic forum do you think that it may have had something to do with all of the heat that it got off of uh, the COVID narrative collapsing, uh, the pro the massive successful peaceful protests in Canada capturing the hearts and minds of people around the world. Do you think it had something to do with it that a World Economic Forum player like Vladimir Putin would you know be part of a how do I put this? Oh, a false flag operation. You know, something to something to wag the dog for us, something to think to scare us all into paying attention that there's going to be some kind of fucking World War Three going on. When meanwhile, Joseph Biden, the only thing that he worries about with Ukraine is getting rather the next check or getting all the incriminating evidence out of the embassies. Man. Who would have thought of that one? I mean, <laughs> uh, of course, such a thing would never take place. It's funny that you say that I was on populist press earlier and there was a specifically an article referencing what is a false flag. Yeah. Uh, so how false flag operations work and Russia's history of using them is the actual article on here. Um, so with nearly 200,000 Russian troops now positioned on Ukraine's borders for what the United States and NATO have warned may be an impending invasion. Uh not Russia, but the United States and NATO. Mind you, there's been a great deal of discussion in recent weeks about the likelihood that Russia will use a false flag operation to justify their invasion plans. Um, so basically, what they're saying is they're going to do something, say something that either Ukraine was the aggressor, they're doing something in the vein of crimes against humanity, and next thing you know, that'll be their uh, reason to do that. But doesn't our opposition always end up doing the thing they accuse the other side of doing? 
Aren't, aren't I don't they, know what, what would you ever talk about. I <laughs> I don't know such things. So when they say false, I mean, you could call it a, a limited hangout too, I guess. But when they say that Russia is going to do a false flag, I think what needle dick Ned, Ned Price really was saying to that AP reporter is that, bitch, we're doing the false flag. It's yeah. us doing the false flag right now because we need yeah, something sure. to get the heat off of Biden. We need to give it's him like, something um, where he it's looks like strong. Inception. It's a dream inside a dream. So yes. it's going to be a double false flag. Double false flag. It'll be our false flag to say that they did a false flag to justify. <laughs> all right. War. All you other conspiracy nuts out there, too. All you other tinfoil hatters like us. It's noted here. We came up with it first. I mean, Double here's what's probably flag. happening. The leader of <laughs> Ukraine's probably going, fuck you, Joe, and fuck you, crackhead son. That's it. We're exposing you sons of bitches. Well, you know, he made a joke about them invading on Wednesday. Like that was Everything's that whole a joke. thing. No, that was Everything's literally a, a joke. joke. And our, our, our shithead media tra- didn't know how to translate it right. Because like, well... AI doesn't know how to deal with, uh, you know, sarcasm and, and, and things like, you know, comedy, you know, that, that's why we run into these situations too. I think with people getting banned is that, um, nobody knows what satire is. If you're a fucking supercomputer, it's hard to program in those nuances folks. But, um, yeah, our, our media actually translated it, uh, to, uh, being literal when, when Russia was going to invade. And that was their explanation for Russia not invading that they mistook the Ukrainian president's statement that was a joke for real. Mm-hmm. That's but but misinformation can be harmful. <laughs> and we and we need to get rid of that. We need we Where's need to the find Facebook that opinion checkers. I mean fact checkers. <laughs> Folks. So I mean with that, um I just want to give one more shout out to uh another um OG whenever it comes to being on top of this shit. And I've looked to him for a, a lot of information and a lot of great videos. Uh, Dave Collin over there of computing forever. Uh, Dave Collin has done an amazing fucking job during the entire pandemic of being against this shit. And he talked about the lifting of restrictions as a, as a means to uh, control us uh, further by letting us off a little bit, but they're going to bring them back anyways in the future because this is just a part of our new life. And he talked about old Billy Gates' statements there. So I wanted to give him a shout out too. But uh, John Henry, I just wanted to turn it over to you for any type of final thoughts before we wrapped up this week. Well, I shared a lot of thoughts uh, this evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just going to go back to my previous statements, man. Uh, unity. You know, peace, unity. And as cliche as it may be, love conquers all. And really, it's it comes on a strategy, right? So when you look at them militarizing the police in Canada, well, their strategy is to force people into violence so their actions can be justified. And the problem is, as these people, these beautiful fucking Canadians uh, stay peaceful, they fuck up their strategy and they fuck up their narrative. And that's critical right now. Don't fall into their trap, just like the January 6th insurrectionists, right? So, you know, they want to, uh, you know, start all these overarching laws and restrictions, and they put these people in solitary confinement and all this terrible shit, right? All based on a fabricated bullshit narrative. And all they had to do was have some agent provocateurs bust some windows and go in there and get a person fucking killed. And next thing you know, we reference that all the time. So just remember that. 
that their strategy is that you react in a, to their violence with violence. And for all of those folks standing tall and shoulder to shoulder, don't give into it. Don't give them what they want because it's easy for them to categorize you as domestic terrorists or extremists or a fringe minority, as Trudeau has said before. So don't become what they want you to become because then they win the game. It's all about pulling the audible and uh, their strategy is not effective if you don't respond in the way that they expect you to. So stay strong, man. I pray for you folks every single day, and, and I hope that everybody does because, you know, you would have hoped that, you know, doctors and scientists would have been the one fighting for our freedoms or even the police would have been fighting for our freedoms because they're meant to protect and serve. And unfortunately, it took truck drivers to do that. But genuinely, when you think about it, they're the lifeblood of our existence. Every gallon of gas we put in our car comes from a truck driver. Every bite of food we eat, unless you're farming your shit yourself or buying meat from a local ranch, that comes from a truck driver. So thank a truck driver. Appreciate truck drivers. Be grateful for what they're doing. Have their back. Stand together. Peace and love, everybody. That's, uh, that's what I got for you this week. So thanks again for coming on, guys. I uh, hope you're enjoying the conversation. Share it with friends, family. If you don't know how to say it, uh, if we, if you feel compelled that we do a good job covering topics that maybe you can't find the words for, share it with people. What do you have to lose at this point? It, nothing. You know, what you have to lose sharing it is nothing. What you have to lose if you don't and you don't get people on our team fighting for our rights and our freedoms, uh, we have everything to lose, guys. So it's not about ego. It's not about reputation anymore. Uh, it's about doing what's right. It's about freedom um, and being able to live our lives to the fullest. So appreciate you guys coming back on and uh, can't wait to talk to you next week. Back to you, sir. Beautiful. And uh, I, I really would just be repeating what you just said, just putting different words to a John Henry. I mean, we, it really is our best weapon is you know, to be peaceful and have love for one another. So as we're continuously attacked um, by the World Economic Forum and its minions in government and business, let's all remember uh, the beautiful game that John Henry and I came up with on this show called Six Degrees to Pedophilia. Because it doesn't take much to get from the World Economic Forum to Bill Gates to Jeffrey Epstein, to where we are now. It doesn't, it doesn't take much. So that, that's, that's all I really had to add to that, is that you know when we talk about all these crazy topics and the, going back to our beginning where we t- talked about the satanic pedophilia cults and uh, Jean-Luc Brunel being killed in his, uh, or, or you know, supposedly uh, hang, hanged himself in his uh, French prison cell, that these these are the types of people that we're up against. Um, these are the types of people that, you know, when you want to make a connection to Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein and Goldman Sachs and the World Economic Forum, they're all the same cast of characters. They're all the same players. They're all the same group. But we know who we are. And those are the the brave people uh, that oppose this type of authoritarianism, wherever it may lie. Right now, 
The focus is on Ottawa, Canada and other places around it. Soon, it's going to be a convoy going from California to D.C. How much more is it going to take before we are heard, before our rights are respected, before our grievances are acknowledged? We don't know. But one thing that John Henry said that I can definitely say for certain is that we want to do this peacefully. So if we have to do it by impacting businesses, if we have to do it through boycotts, if we have to do it through media, through exposing these people, through exposing them to others, by sharing information like this, by sharing you know, articles and, and videos and things of that nature, sharing from things not only from the new prisoners, but also from Project Veritas or The Blaze. There's, there's tons of great resources that we attach each week to this source list. But really, as John Henry said there, it really comes down to you listening on the other end of this, how we're going to deal with this together. And I want you all to be safe out there. I want you all to protect yourselves and your families. And I want you to, especially this week, really look at what you have and be grateful that we still have the opportunities to speak with one another, to have this information, to have access to our bank accounts, to have access to food and water and medicine, because we really don't know how much longer that can last. And when it comes to, you talked about the giver, John Henry, I, I think of Brave New World, um, whenever it comes to that, that we have gotten so fat and happy and complacent in this country and in the Western world that really it's taken about two and a half fucking years for us to finally stand up like this, where we're starting to get the pushback from government. It's taken that long for people to say, I finally had enough and join something like the Freedom Convoy. Let's not fuck it up. This is the mission of our lifetime. So let's do it peacefully and let's do it together. And until we meet again and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to The New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topic on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or join the new Prisoner 6 on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us and to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. And if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming show, please email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Tell us what topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can choose to appear anonymously if you like. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.